the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider, brought to you by the Hyundai A-League. Be part of the action this season. Welcome to this week's 442 Insider Podcast. I'm publisher Andy Jackson and joining me as always in the broom cupboard is editor Aidan Orman. In Rado we trust. And online editor Kevin Ayres. Hello. This is our last pod of 2013. We're on an enforced shutdown for two weeks. Um, so you'll have to just uh, make do with us on Twitter for yeah. the next two weeks. All right, let's kick off. Round 11, review. Um, Glory Newcastle. Uh, let's start with the Mariners Melbourne Heart, which was... Chronologically uh, correct. Uh, now we didn't see these games, boys, live, did we? Because we were on our. Uh, I've actually Christmas got a confession. Party. I haven't seen any games at all this weekend. Somebody sliced through my Foxtel cable outside my street and uh, knocked out my Foxtel, and I was too ill on Saturday to even go out and uh, see a game. So there you I'm, go. I'm working out the blind. Be an interesting pod then. I'll yeah, but we have seen we have seen live games, though. I saw all the games. But, but I did see well, the, the I did see the two Friday games with still with one hand over my eye, <laughs> moaning whilst laid in bed with a fan an inch from my face. Um, so glory, uh, no Mariners two 0 victors over Melbourne Heart. Um, Pedge Bowick with two goals. Ado normally safe and reliable. Clint Bolton mm. probably you could. You know, if you've been critical, pointing the finger at him, certainly for first, obviously, but even the second, you know, yeah. slightly positioning went straight through him, really. Yeah, it's, it's not the sort of form you want to go into a Melbourne derby with, but Clint's a pretty strong guy. He'll he'll bounce back from that. But Pedge Bokes, he must love playing against the Mariners. Isn't that like the third goal this season? I think he scored a curler at the start of the year from a free kick. The heart. Was it hard? Yeah. 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 I guess it's hard. There you go. Um, so, yeah, the Mariners just ticking along nicely. It doesn't have to be McBrinovich to score every goal. It can be somebody else now, and I think they've found that balance with scorers in the previous week. Yeah, um, what can you say about the Mariners? Best team in the league by far, for, for, for me anyway. Kev, I mean, obviously not seeing the game, but, I mean, is this a sign, you know, a sign of a good side that, you know, we're seeing them win games with two goals from their fullback? Yeah, I mean, you, you can't argue with that. Uh, goals are goals, they all count, and they all uh, uh, win you the games and get you the points. Um, having said that, though, you know, why is the fullback scoring, not the striker? Uh, but if Does it matter? It doesn't matter. Exactly, I agree. Mm. It, it doesn't matter, but, you know, uh, if they get also getting goals from the striker as well, then uh, it must be surely reassuring for future games that, you know, you've, you've got the firepower and you're not relying on... Uh, Slightly random goals from a fullback. Mm. Okay, and Ada, obviously Melbourne Heart uh, continue their sort of up and down season. Yeah, yeah. I, I, also, I want to know where Vince Grella is these days. I mean, is, does anyone know? I mean, no, I still I, haven't. I think, I, uh, I think when he first signed, it was, they did say that he was unlikely to appear before the new year. Uh, so he's, he's got a lot of catching up to do with the rest of the squad. I mean, he's not been playing football for what, two, three years almost now. Uh, so, you know, he's a long way off match foot. Uh, so what is the he, sign? He then, also arrived with an injury. If you're that far off. Old mate's club didn't say that, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're doing him a favour to give him a chance to get some football. It depends mm. what I just want to see him play again. I haven't seen him play in ages. So. I mean, he, he's not in a marquee deal, is he? So uh, presumably he's not actually costing the club that much. Uh, so, you know. He'll play when he can play, and it'd be great mm. to have him back if he can. But you're right, Jack. I mean, it's, you just cannot pick this Melbourne Heart team. It's just every week, this is, it seems to be a different type of team that comes out. But um, uh, yeah, uh, there's no there's no disgrace in losing to Mariners at home. Okay. Uh, second game of the night, Perth Glory uh, got back to winning ways. We talked about their sort of di- worrying dip in form. Um, Brace from Travis Dodd, either side of half-time, uh, and then Shane Smeltz put it beyond doubt with a penalty. Um, again, a poor performance from the Jets. You know, they're, they're, yeah. they're going to be looking at themselves now, thinking that that's such a good start, and now it's really sort of tailed off. Yeah, and they've gone into this game on the back of all of the negative publicity surrounding uh, what happened with the ownership of the club. Um, I mean, as a player, I think it's always in the back of your mind, but they're kind of used to that. They've had this now for a while at the club. They've had the, the original issue with Tinkler, now this issue with the ATO. So 
they should be kind of used to it, but I still think as a player, it's in the back of your mind when you're playing. Yeah, I don't think. I'm not sure that that's the issue, though. I mean, just as a whole, they've been going backwards now for you know, good yeah. six, seven weeks. Well, Heskey hasn't much. scored in a while, has he? Yeah. Uh, and ever since you spoke to him, Jacko, he hasn't scored. Yeah, I yeah. jinxed him. Mm. Jackson Kerr strikes again. Um, but no, I mean the the Jets have been going backwards, and you've got to look beyond simple external factors like uh, the the ownership issue. I think uh, Heskey was coming out during the week and was saying that you know they're, they're playing badly and playing in the uh, attack their tactics, uh, saying that uh, they weren't uh, focused enough and they've got to concentrate more and actually have some shape. And I think you know uh, you got to look at Gary Van Agman's role in this. Uh, he's taken a good team and gone backwards with it. What's the reason for that? Uh, he's I think he's got a few questions to answer. Yeah. Okay. Well, Glory might, uh, it's come out this morning that um, they'll be facing some off-field issues of their own with uh, with Tony Sage, the latest uh, mining magnate to have his uh, office. tax issues looked at. Offices were raided yeah. this morning, apparently, by the oh, federal really? police. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. may, have, may have rolled out of bed shortly before we arrived at the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, Saturday's games. Uh, two, two good games, two great spectacles. Uh, Melbourne victory. Versus Brisbane, uh, Melbourne went be- behind the Ben Halloran goal uh, before Mark Milligan, with a screamer, put his foot through it, uh, equalised, um, and you know a great sort of rear guard effort from the raw Michael Theo mm. Theoclatos. I'm still going to call him Theoclatos. Uh, <laughs> Why did a, he change a, his name, by the yeah, way? Do we, do we know? I, I've, the, there was a theory going around that were trying. To, he was trying to wipe out the Google searches that link him with the Norwich. But surely, no, doesn't no, that just no, attract so. more attention to himself? Uh, I thought it might have been a cost cutting on the raw. They didn't want to print all those extra letters. <laughs> just put Theo on the back. Uh, I think the, the reason he actually gave was everybody calls him Michael Theo anyway. So mm. just go with that. That's the same. That's his nickname, right? isn't it? Theo. Yeah, It'd be yeah. like me changing my name to Andy Jacko. Because <laughs> everyone calls me Jacko. It's short of my Andy surname. Unfortunately, no. Instead of Googling uh, his old name and coming up with an orange result... You Google Michael Theo and it comes up with a paedophile uh, really result. You didn't think that one through, really, did no. really. you? Check. Always check. Always check things. on Google, yeah. Um, he had a great game, though. Apart from, I thought the Milligan goal, he could have done a little better. But yeah, aside I thought that, from but, that he did, but he did give it a hell of a welting. There, was a, there yeah. was a lot on it. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not a big lad, Milligan, but he really hit it with some power and some real technique. But, I mean, just sat there. I was at Sydney Football, so watching that game and seeing the crowd and the stadium and everything and then seeing the Sydney game, you look at the A-League and go, it's pretty damn good where we've got to. When you're looking at these two games, one live and then one on TV. Yeah. And Mark Milligan, Kev, has, has, ch- has chipped in with a few vital goals for victory this year. I've yeah. always rated Mark Milligan, you know, I think... Uh, he was desperate to get over to go overseas, and that's why Sydney lost him. But I, I thought he was a, a cracking player uh, for Sydney, and uh, a, Sydney, you know, might have let him go a bit too easy. But I don't think there was anything that could really stop mm-hmm. him at the time. Uh, but no, I've always raced him. Uh, I think he's he's in his position. He's one of the best in the country. And, and I guess yeah, what what has he found his position now in that holding midfield role? Because he's Certainly started out as a defender at yeah. Sydney FC, played centre back, and yeah, he's very versatile. Yeah. I mean, he can play right back as well. Yeah. He's probably not big enough to play centre back. I don't know how you feel as a coach, but I want a little bit more physical presence sometimes. But I think as a holding midfielder, I think he's he's found. I think he's ideal. Yeah, he just yeah. needs to push forward slightly more. Uh, in general play, obviously, when you're scoring goals, is he's well ahead of the pack. But uh, yeah. in general play, if he can just. Get himself a bit close to the centre circle. I'd be happy with that. But mm. yeah, I, I mean that's his role, isn't it? Really, to allow Finkler and Flores mm. the the freedom to sort of go forward, but yeah, you know, still chipping in with yeah. them yeah. with vital goals and always dangerous from set pieces because even though he's not the biggest, he's uh, he's he's very good in the air, very strong yeah. in the air, attacks the ball well. Um, Brisbane Raw. I mean, we'll we'll talk about uh, Rado's move in in part two. But was this you know? Yeah, you'd look at this and say this this was improvement. You know, yeah. they've gone to one of the form teams in the competition away from home. They've got a draw. They've played okay. You know? There's not a lot wrong with them, to be honest. And I think Mulvey has said that this week. There's, there's not it, there's not a major rehaul like Sydney. I think, for example, oh, I look, think you know Brisbane Raw won the to like about Brisbane. They've still got effectively the same team. So yeah. you know, there's no reason at all, apart from management, for them to be getting the reasons uh, getting the results they've been getting. Mm. It's, 
you know, it's, it's one of the simplest equations in the, the league at the moment. Yeah, they're not far off. So, um, and I thought they played pretty decent football for most of that game. Um, and uh, just Borussia going off was obviously a blow for them. But yeah, they're, they're still, for me, they're still a final side. That's the way they look to me, watching them. Hmm. Uh, I mean, there's no reason why they shouldn't be, like I say. And uh, it's so tight in the league, as we'll come to in a minute uh, on the ladder, that you know, it's anybody's game to get into the finals. It's, mm. it's not a, a mountain to climb for anyone. Even Sydney. Even Sydney. Yeah. Okay. Um, the first uh, Sydney derby to be played on Sydney SC's home turf to place on Saturday night, and what a spectacle it was, uh, depending on who you read. Mm. Um, no. Passion is not a crime is the hashtag. Is the hashtag yeah. Yeah. I mean, a fantastic effort on and off the park from, from Western Sydney. Red and Black Block were out in force. Um, I mean, there was a predictable reaction from the mainstream media. Um, yeah, my only frustration was that, like, you know, it, you know that that's going to be the reaction. And I don't think the flares added to the spectacle. I think it would have been a great spectacle without it. Yeah. And, and the detonators like, as well. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. I've seen it's like, guys, oh, you know, like, it was full of colour without it. Yeah. You know, it's like, it was brilliant just, without it. You, it just plays into the hands of uh, the mainstream media when you do stuff like that, yeah. you know. Mm. And it's it just, like you say, it adds nothing. You know, it's a bit of smoke. And it's smoke a, and a mirrors. double-edged. I mean, personally, I think we've been brainwashed into assuming that flares are bad. Uh, I think under the right circumstances, you, you, sh- you can use them, but they are legal. That's the bottom line. They're illegal in the stadiums, uh, and therefore they shouldn't be used. And you can have the argument separately about them whether or not they should be used. Uh, when you see them being thrown, well, yeah. that's you that, know, that's that, the problem. There's, no, there's nothing because, safe about that. Uh, two things: one, if you can't hold on to them and you've got to throw them, then you shouldn't light them in the first place. That's that's a, just a simple truth. Secondly, because they're illegal, people are more inclined to throw them to avoid. They don't want to get caught holding. You know, yeah. Avoid getting caught holding them, which makes it even worse. Um, so yeah, it depends. Which what's the reason for them throwing them? Is it because they're scared themselves, or because they're illegal? Uh, if it's because they're illegal, then there's an answer to that. Okay, but I mean, I know you were there. I mean, flares aside, and I didn't a throw crap. a flare. <laughs> yeah. By the way, are you sure? Yeah, it wasn't me. Uh, what is that <laughs> on your right hand? Uh, it's um, just this weather. Flares aside, what atmosphere? Look, I've been to a lot of games in this country, um, and this for me was probably, if not the best, then one of the two top two in terms of atmosphere, feeling. It was proper football. I think I tweeted on it during the game that it just felt like back in Europe. Um, I was sat in Allianz's uh, Azure Cafe, and it's a very, very nice place. And all the fans were, all the Western Sydney Wanderers fans were walking past there, being shuttled into the into the the, uh, the away end. And there were wags from Wanderers, you know, Wanderers wags were there, and they had their scarves on, and they were like giving it this colour like that. It was just, it had that special feeling and in so the cafe. <laughs> was, I mean, there's they, great shots on, on YouTube, if you search on YouTube, of Ante Kovic leading them at the end <laughs> on the megaphone. Yeah. <laughs> He's done it at Parramatta as well. Seems yeah, to be coming like his week. end of sort of game thing. Um, I mean, let's let's talk about the action on the pitch. Um, yeah. You know, again, the Wanderers, talked about them last week, have, uh, have pulled it out of the hat when they needed to, you know. Yeah. Um, Popovic, you know, again, is, they've not conceded. They've gone away from home. They've nicked a goal when it mattered. Um, I mean, but Sydney FC, I mean, didn't really offer a lot, did they? I mean, I think from th- from the kickoff, you could see Wanderers players were right up for this. Uh, I remember watching Yusuf Hersey making a defensive run. This is what you want from your attacking midfielders. He makes a defensive run and then charges on and makes an attacking run and then comes back and defends again. He was up for it and they were all like that. So sometimes you can go past formations. It was just an attitude. They wanted to win this, and they had the fans behind them as well, so it made it special. I mean, the, the opening goal was um, it was really, you've got to look at the defensive sort of structure of Sydney for that, because I don't know how you know, a, a guy that's coming to the box in Hersey gets the time and the space to pull the ball down, turn away from goal, mm. turn again and shoot. 
you know, you've got to look at that. You, you can't give a player that amount of time, eight yards mm. from goal. It's been the Malays all season. That's sort of defending. You've seen that on so many different occasions this year. So that was a first choice defence. Sydney yeah, this weekend as well, wasn't yeah. it? You know, I mean, it doesn't. It literally doesn't get any better than that for them. Yeah. That's as good as they can expect, and I think that's pretty dismal. Uh, I th- the thing that disappointed me most from this, apart from all the the flair and nonsense and everything else, was uh, Moy's tackle on uh, Del Piero. From what I heard, uh, it looked, sounds like he was, you know, sent on with orders to take him out of the the game. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't, don't, no, don't buy that one. I, 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 I just don't. I just. Don't I thought know. he went for the ball for well, the start. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen well, it. I'm just no, going by what I've heard. But I find it hard style. to believe that Moy is the kind of player no, that would, would do that. No, I think it was more that you know Moy was just pumped up for it. Massive atmosphere, big game. You know, he, he didn't start. He wanted to make an instant impression, you yeah. know. And like, he yeah. saw the ball and he tried to win it and he took the player. Yeah, I didn't well. see it as being a premeditated nah. sort of thing. And I, I don't think there was any need for it anyway. I mean, I think they were at that point they were well on top of the game. Yeah. And in the end, they could have made it three or four. We saw the same thing with Janinho uh, when he was with Sydney, just being targeted until he was literally bullied out of the game because uh, mm. he, was, he was too bloody crop to finish the season. And I'd hate to see the same thing from Del Piero. Uh, I mean, that, you know, more than Sydney's losing streak, more than the, the rabble that they play sometimes, uh, I would hate Del Piero just to be hacked out of Australia. Mm. I think that would be a dreadful, dreadful legacy for Australian football. Uh, and it's not what Del Piero's here for. Mm. I'd hope we have just given a bit more respect for the rest of the season. You don't have to stand off him, but, you know, don't go through the back of him on a daily, uh, weekly basis. Okay, and uh, to the marquees on the other side, we, we talked about Shinji Ono playing himself into form and, and yeah. getting to grips with the pace and getting fully fit. He he was fantastic on Saturday. Yeah. What a masterclass that yeah, was. Yeah, and he could have easily had that chip goal as well. Um, and he's just getting better and better. Um, and he wants to stay at the club. They want to have him as well. And he's only 33. Um, and he just, for me... You could see he enjoyed that atmosphere, and he's just getting better every week. Uh, if he stays fit and they buy a really good striker, then they could be very dangerous in the second half of the season. Um, Michael Beecham chimed in with a second, um, did his best to miss it. Well, uh, you can see what that meant to him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he, he enjoyed that goal, like to stick it back to Sydney FC. So he didn't want to leave there and ended up not being uh, offered the contract he wanted. And with that goal, Dino Kressinger made himself, you know, a nuisance in, in the box as he should. But he'd come on a few minutes earlier, and he just gave it this to the to the home fans because they were applauding him when he came on because he's had a bit of a rocky relationship. He kind of gave him that sort of like, come on, and you know that was that said a lot about the night. And um, I think I heard Beecham's roar from where I was. It was that loud. I could hear him going, yes. <laughs> and for Sydney, I mean, you know. Joel Griffiths' availability can't come soon enough because they just look toothless up front. Toothless yeah. up front and yeah. hapless at the back. Yeah. It's, toothless, it's... hapless and anything else? Well, <laughs> I think that was the surprise to me is the, the week before. I mean, it's a real battling performance in Wellington. And then th- then this, in the derby, it's it's not what you'd expect from Farina. He's one of those coaches yeah. who will get the players up. So that was the big surprise for me. I think, you know... The, the, Key that they're, sort of, they're missing key players, obviously, uh, and you know Joe Griffiths will give them uh, a lot more firepower up front. And uh, we've been trying to track that this down for days about uh, Jade North uh, possibly joining them in defence. Uh, and you know Jade North gets a lot of stick, but he's a very good A League player, uh, I think, and uh, he will definitely help them, give them an extra bit of. Uh, Spain at the back. Uh, think, I still, I mean, don't, still don't know if it's going to be enough for them, to be honest. Mm. Uh, Although he's played for the, the bottom side, Consadole Sapporo in Japan, and now he's coming to the bottom side in the A League. So you, you know, you, you wonder whether or not he wants to come. But um, there's not many options for him, you would think, at the moment, apart from that. Uh, and Sydney, you know, they, they just need to do something. I mean, 25 goals shipped <laughs> after yeah. 11 games—that's outrageous. Okay, and the round was uh, seen out by Adelaide, uh, maintaining their hot streak of form. Uh, beat Wellington Phoenix 3-1, although this probably didn't tell the whole story um, because it certainly wasn't as one-sided as the, no. the scoreline might suggest. Um, although Adelaide raced into a 3-0 lead. Uh, two, goal, two more goals from Karuska. Uh, another goal from Ferreira, who's on a, yeah. on a rare streak of form at the moment. 
I mean, like, for me though, like I look at Mark Paston for all of those three goals. I thought, you know, like, like you know, the first one from the free kick, where it's always difficult as a keeper when mm. you've got players running across the line, but for a, for a free kick to go straight in from that far yeah. out, you've got to look at your keeper. I thought he could have done more with Ferreira's as well. I don't know if Ferreira slightly mishit it or he was anticipating the pullback, yeah. but. I mean, this is yeah. a guy who, who was one of the stars of the World Cup yeah. in 2010, yeah, yeah, yeah. so he's no, no schmuck. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, let's right. talk about the keeper of the other end. I mean, what a double save from Galekovic. I mean, yeah. I was gutted. This cost me, this cost me a great punting weekend. <laughs> I had Adelaide by a goal. It was the, it was the best uh, odds for an Adelaide win. So I was like, Adelaide by a goal, and then Galek- <laughs> penalty in the last minute. I was like, here we go. <laughs> Galekovic's save. I mean, Kevin, have you seen this on the video yet? Oh, yeah. mate. It's... Flies to left hand up, sort of behind his dive, saves it, he lands, the fella follows it up, and he flings himself back in front of him, and it comes to his chest and wide the other side. Yeah. One of the best double saves I've ever seen in terms of reactions. Yeah. And, then, and that's and then... when you see keepers in training. You go to training, and you see keepers doing that double move every yeah. time when they're doing it's like right get down and get up again and save the next one yeah. they're, they're the moments where all of that work mm. comes off mm. and uh, but having said that it could have been 3-3 this game yeah I mean, oh I mean the, you know, it was had as many as many shots and as many shots on target as uh, as Adelaide I think they had more the, balls into the box yeah as, as I say it didn't tell you know, the scoreline didn't tell the story this no game, and they must hate going to Adelaide because there's always something that goes against them in Adelaide I'm talking about Wellington here um you know that that goal in the first half of them was reeled offside I don't think it was and then the penalty save I mean the boy could have even had a you know could have even knocked it slightly wider rather than closer to the keeper but it could have been 3-3 they must hate there I mean last time they went there there was the diving incident um and yeah so you know I feel for the Wellington boys really I do so that meant that Adelaide, uh, obviously with uh, Central Coast having won 48 hours previously, so Adelaide uh, kept up the pressure. Um, so the ladder looks like this after 11 games. Mariners top on 26 points, Adelaide second on 25 points, and then on account of Melbourne Victory's draw, a, a decent-sized gap now between the top two. Eight points to Melbourne Victory in third with 17 Western Sydney, uh, fourth on 16. Then we have Glory on 14, Jets on 13, Phoenix on 12, Melbourne Heart on 12, Brisbane on 11, and Sydney FC on 10. But then again, you know, you're looking at Sydney FC, okay, they're bottom, but they go away to the Jets, uh, is that Sunday? Sunday, yeah. Sunday, yeah. Win that, and they're tied with the Jets, and the Jets are in sixth at the moment. Yeah. So it's all still very, very tight. Three groups seem to be emerging there. You've got your top two, and then you've got your middle uh, section of Victory and Wanderers, and then pretty much dross beneath that. Yeah. What's well, a bit harsh, Kev Dross? It is, but, you know, every single one of those teams is underperforming. Yeah. Oh, every for sure. Every single one of those. Uh, no, you can't see any of them are having a good season. But then, you know, the other side of that is, like, each one of those coaches will go into training on Monday morning and go, we're not that far away, lads. No, you know, we're not that far. Two wins, three wins, we're right back in it. You know, fourth yeah. is still up for grabs. You know, that, so there's a... You know, we're not at that stage yet where teams are out of it. Yeah, know, so no. There's a lot to play no, for. I was, I mean, you know, I think the, the, the only surprise is that Roar and Sydney are actually still within touching distance. Mm. Uh, and like I say, there's, there's a lot of teams in that bottom half that will look at it and go, God, we can play better than yeah, this. Definitely. And yeah. I think you always look at the strength of the A-League by the team that's on the bottom. If that's technically the worst team in the league, I mean, you look at the squad that Sydney have got. I mean, they're on the bottom. It's a pretty good squad. Yeah, but it's been diabolical football from them. I mean, really, I haven't. I can't think of apart from Del Piero's goals. Mm. There's been no highlight for me from Sydney at all. This I think season. occasionally Kalina's looked good, but he's obviously coming back to fitness. But there's there's there's, there's little pockets of good stuff at largely. They have a, 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 I would consider a stellar squad that should be up to top two, top three, yeah. uh, and they have played appallingly, absolutely appallingly, uh, and it's it's such a disappointment. Yeah. But there we go. Can't, can't okay. disagree with that. All right, that's it for part one. We'll be back in part two to look at some of the news headlines on our website, au.442.com. 
The new issue of 4:42 is on sale now, with our annual list of the top 100 players in the world. Get ready to debate this year's placings and see where your favorite players ranked. Arsene Wenger takes us into Arsenal's inner sanctum and reveals his secret plan to restore the Gunners to greatness. Plus, interviews with Vermeulen, Gibbs, and Cathola. Socceroos Garcia and Stojovski outline just what it takes for an Aussie player to survive the Premier League and meet the EPL's best attacking midfielders. Love football? Read. 442 on sale now at all good news agents and the App Store. You know business could be better. You know you need more skills, but you also know you haven't got time to learn those skills. Go to workshops or listen to webinars. Don't stress. Listen to Business Success Radio for all the latest ideas to make your business a success. Get your business on track with the right advice from dozens of Australia's leading business experts in your office, your car, or on your phone. Go to businesssuccessradio.com.au and click the Listen Live button. Business Success Radio. Your business, your radio. The latest on the world game. This is Four Four Two Insider. Hello, welcome back to this final Four Four Two Insider for 2012. Uh, well, the Raw, despite getting a, a creditable one-all draw away at the victory last weekend, made their move, and the move was that Rado Vidasic has been moved upstairs into a technical director's role, and Mike Mulvey has been.、Uh, Drafted in where he was、uh, down in Victoria, coaching the Melbourne Victory W League team.、Um, obviously, Mike Mulvey took Gold Coast United in the latter stages of their、mm. uh, of their life cycle.、Um, mm. Boys, what do we think? To be honest, I thought you know, Rado had just started to turn things around. To be honest,、uh, you know, you picked this a few weeks. Ago, I did. I mean, I did say that I thought he would probably be gone by January. If the results didn't improve, the results did actually improve, and I thought he'd bought himself a bit more time. Having said that, though, I, I think for once this might have actually been a negotiated、uh, agreement between the, the club and the coach. Didn't, didn't they talk about a similar role for Ange at one point、yeah. within the Bakri group,、mm, overseeing、yeah. the football、right. of all of、yeah. their teams? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that I, this role now that they've been talking about? I、Sanchez? think so, and I think it is a role that Rado is actually well suited to. Genuinely,、uh, yeah. you know, it's it's one of analysis and scouting essentially, and that's definitely his strong points:、uh, technical、uh, identification of players and of、mm. strategies, overall strategies.、Um, he's clearly not the man manager that you need for you know a, a championship winning side,、uh, and yeah, I think it's a good move for him、uh, and a good move for the club. Well, on that, I mean, as I t- tweeted last night in the wake of this, because、uh, you know the. Predictable, you know, everyone kind of, oh, what a nice guy, you know, blah, nice guy. Is you know, we've seen Rado, we've seen Crookie, nice yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, last year we saw Mehmet, lovely fella. You know,、mm. my question is, you know, can nice guys manage football teams? I think they can, but just not their clubs.、Uh, you know, if if you, the nice guy is the assistant, name me a successful nice football manager. <laughs> is Ranieri? Does he fit that?、Uh, the, he... the key word was successful. Successful, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Ian Holloway, nice guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think he is.、Yeah. Have you ever seen the uh, Watford uh, again, documentary? I mean, success, yeah, relatively in his own way, he'd、yeah. be successful. Yeah,、uh, I, I, I agree. Mate, no, I, I agree. agree. I mean, you know, the dang, you know, the dangers about nice guys. Is you know, they, they they're nice. So by、yeah. their nature, they're they're accommodating and they're. And I don't think that you know I wouldn't put nice on my top twenty attributes.、Mm. No, absolutely not. No, I, I, I think Anthony Crea summed it up when we talked about Gus Hitting a, a few weeks ago on this pod. He said that you know you always had the players on edge. I think you've、yeah. got to be on edge with、so、your players. It's a、you、horrible to, job. Yeah, you know, at the top level, it's a horrible job. You've got so many people pulling you in so many different directions. You've got the press on one hand, you've got supporters on the other, you've got players, you've got the board. You know, and you've got to try and somehow keep all of those happy. You know, and sometimes that involves you not being nice. Yeah.、Know? Oh no,、yeah. I agree. I don't think、uh, it's the key attribute at all. Arrogance and self-belief more than anything,、uh, and obviously football intelligence. But、yeah. uh, no, you've got to be able to lay down the law.、Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're not here to make friends. I think Frank Farina said that, and I think Ange said the same thing. You know, you've got. To, I think you've got to fear your manager. But I, I think it goes back to as well that. If you're the assistant at the club and you make that switch, it's an impossible switch to make. You can be an assistant at somebody else's club and come in、uh, as the boss、uh, at a new club, but taking the step up, generally speaking, 
doesn't seem to work terribly often. Uh, I think Gary Van Eggman's probably the nearest that uh, we've come to seeing that work in the A-League. Mm. Uh, and that went backwards later on as well. But that's not okay. necessarily and, and thoughts on Mike Mulvey, um, you know, well-regarded coach. Yeah. Did well at, you know, did well at Gold Coast in yeah. limited time. You yeah, know, yeah. But, I mean, um, but also has done very well at the victory yeah. in the W League. Yeah, it's funny how there's two W League coaches now on the bench. Jeff Hopkins is... Yeah. yeah. But look, I sat down with Mike uh, on the Gold Coast in April. We did a, uh, an interview with him after the Gold Coast, um, you know, situation. And... Uh, he impresses me. The players really liked his sessions. He did really well. This is a guy who used to coach at the QAS. I remember interviewing him with the QAS. Um, so he knows Queensland. For, he's been there for about 20, 30 years in, in Queensland. He is an Englishman, though, so I don't know how Foz is going to take that. But, um, yeah, he's a good coach. you know. And, it, and he was one of the guys that Victory were kind of thinking of at one point. But, of course, Ange got the job. Um, so yeah, I think it's a great appointment. It'll be, it's, and he knows some of the younger players at the club as well. Yeah, the QAS. Yeah, I mean it's something that I, th- I think a lot of people want to see Mulvey be given a chance. Uh, mm. He's got it. It's under you know fairly controlled circumstances. He's got yeah. until the end of the season to prove and that's himself. It, you know, great position. Oh, absolutely, underperforming yeah. team, great squad, oh, championship squad. Yeah, you know, four what are they? Two points off the finals, six points off third. Yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting yeah. to see Every, if he... It's ups, only upside, really, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not like you're inheriting a, a dismal squad that somebody else has picked. This is a very, very good proven squad. Yeah. Uh, and the only way, literally, is up, pretty much. So, yeah. Uh, I, think I mean, great. he'll still have to prove himself. Oh, he's still... You know, definitely. there's a lot of proving to be done. Yeah. So he'll have to be, as you say, he'll have to be, you know, a manager that you don't particularly like. He'll just have to do it the way he wants to do it. He did great things at Gold Coast when he was, took charge there. Yeah, uh, although there was not a lot of expectation when he t- took over. There wasn't, but he, he, I think when he did take over, uh, he immediately went got the, the side winning oh, uh, yeah. on a regular basis. And Didn't they that, say that that, nice that run at Gold Coast would have got them in the six if they had that yeah. that whole run for, for this yeah. season? And looking good. Fifth and nice butts football. for ginger nuts. Yeah. There'd be no need for yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, we touched on the, the, the flares at the Sydney game, but one of the, probably a more worrying thing that came out uh, over the weekend was uh, Paul Eiffel on the receiving end of some racist abuse at Hindmarsh. Um, Alleged at this point, but yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, I mean, this is just something that we really don't want to see creeping mm. in, and, and uh, you know, I, I just think the onus really is on the people around it. Yeah. You know, some somebody stood next to you and it's like, come on, mate. Yeah. Mm. You know, like it's the, I, fans need to be strong on this one. Yeah. You, know, you, you, know, you cannot just stand by and ex- yeah. let somebody come up with that crap next yeah. to you. You have to turn around and do it as one. You know, have a word with a few guys and just pressure the peer pressure the guy into shutting the hell up. We really don't need this. Uh, I mean, football world game. Everybody's uh, welcome to play, and everybody uh, should feel f- welcome to play. Uh, yeah. I hate, hate us to go down that road. It's what sets us apart from so many other codes, I think. Yeah. And, that, and that's what Osama Malik has come out and said this morning. He said that you know you, you, you don't hurt the play; you hurt our club as well. You hurt everyone yeah. by doing yeah. it. So yeah. um, I just hope that they find this person or persons. Uh, I'm just glad that it's been universal outrage about it. Uh, and, you know, the, the other issue that came up as well was the, the chanting that Bessart Barisha has been getting recently as well. Uh, and, you know, it's good to see that you know, fans are acting responsibly towards that as well. Uh, he was getting a lot of stick from uh, Victory. Uh, and I saw, you know, a few Victory fans admitting, yeah, that's probably a crop over the line. Uh, and it's uh, there seems to be a special issue with away matches for Victory for some reason, and you know, over crossing the line uh, chance. Yeah. I, I mean, I sometimes t- think that some of the away travellers who go with Victory aren't regular Victory fans, from what I've seen. It's quite a hardcore thing to do, though, yeah. to go on a away trip if you're not a regular fan. Well, yeah, I don't know who they are, but there's there's a small segment of them uh-huh. I've seen who. Well, uh, like I say, it, it all goes down to peer pressure, and hopefully, you know, uh, the more publicity this gets, the more people will realise that it's not acceptable uh, under any circumstances, and hopefully, hopefully, uh, mm. we'll stamp it out before it takes a, 
Agreed. In England, they had the kick-out racism campaign as well. I mean, do you think that that was a success, Jacko? I mean, over the years? Yeah, but, you know, I mean, as, as we've seen, you know, it's reared its head this season, not mm. just off the pitch, but on it, you know. So, I mean, it's just one of those things that I just think you have to be I think constantly aware of. I don't think it's something that you, you know, and it's education. It's, uh, you know, so it, it's people around you these people saying, mate, that's just not acceptable. Mm. There's baiting you know? players and yeah, just, you know, just yeah. being... Players, players are fair game, you know, but let's let's keep it about them as players. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's like they're... You know, we don't want to take the passion out of the game, but let's keep it, you mm. know, <laughs> let's keep it realistic. Let's not turn into Zenit St. Petersburg. And let's keep it in 2012, yeah. not in 1960. Yeah, you know? I mean, you know, Zenit St. Petersburg's story this week is just a yeah. prime example of mm. just mind-numbing mind-numbing kind of uh, racism, homophobia, everything and it's everything that we, we don't want in football uh, mm. definitely Okay, um, I mean let's do a, a quick wrap on the signings, I mean, we talked about Sydney signing Joel Griffiths um, also there was Adelaide um, re-signed three key players from this season Brigitte, Ferreira and Neumann have all re-signed yeah, amazing um, Am I the only one that's a little bit surprised by Jutta getting a resign? A little bit. Well, he's been playing uh, yeah. consistently recently. Yeah, but, you know, he's, he's not the goal machine he was, and certainly not the goal machine everybody thought he was going to be. But I, I guess if, if he's playing... I mean, that's sort of the comparison with Heskey, but if he's playing that point of the attack with players like Neumann and Karuska and Vidasic running off him and they're scoring two and three goals a game, then, that, then his role has changed. But he was, he was another one who was also struggling to get called up into the squad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, it was a bit of a surprise given that Cosy tends to change things quite often and that doesn't mean that Gita is playing. He yeah, has a certain... I mean, I, I honestly actually thought he was a peripheral figure at the club who was going to be out at the end of the season. Suddenly he's getting re-signed on a new deal. Fair enough. Cosy uh, obviously has a, a long-term team, plan. Yeah. But I was definitely surprised given the way that things, events seem to be taking uh, a turn in Adelaide. But, yeah, good yeah. good for him. I, I really like Bruce. I mean, he's a, a great ambassador for the sport. And on is he the di- smoothest man in the A-League or what? I mean, he's so he good is. with the media. He is. I mean, he is. Uh, he's, he's good. He's a lovely, lovely bloke. Uh, you know, he once worked at a pharmacy in the North Shore. There's a little tidbit <laughs> there. A little football fact. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, that's the token football no, fact for the quite podcast. It's interesting few weeks, actually, when you look at it, because there's an awful lot of players coming off contract. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, and it's going to be that, you know, yes, there's league positions to play for, but there's also futures to play for. I think Sydney FC have got 14 players. 14 players, apparently, yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I think there's a fair few at victory as well that, that I think Ange can mm. replace next season. Um, you know, so as, as I always say, there's nothing so motivated as a footballer without a contract. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. I, I would be interested to know how many clubs were tracking Newman. Neumann? Newman? Neumann. Neumann. Geronimo. Um, Geronimo. Um, I reckon there would have been a few. Well, he was on a loan deal, so it was going to be pretty difficult for anyone else to, to muscle in on that, you would have thought. Um, but, uh, yeah... Good work in the Reds, converting the loan deal into a permanent signing. Mm. But, I mean, the earliest opportunity. Could they, could, they could have converted that loan deal out from Adelaide into their club, couldn't they? They could have, but it would have been... They wouldn't oh. have been able to do it until the end yeah, of the I'm season. Yeah, I'm sure there would have been like a first-right refusal on Adelaide, mm. an option for them to take up or not before we could speak to anyone else. Mm. Um, on the marquee side of things, Del Piero um, hinted a few weeks ago that he was keen to stay for a second year. Silence from Sydney FC. Yeah. Now Sydney FC have come back, said they're keen to talk, um, and, li- and then the Mariners have piped <laughs> up and said we'll have him. Yeah, and we'll have Beckham. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, that's ju- just the most ridiculous story of the year. I think, it, to be honest, you, you know, Beckham and Del Piero on <laughs> in Terrigal. at Gosford. Yeah, uh, you know, fair play to Peter Turnbull. We're talking up a big game, but seriously. Get a crib. Hey, but hold on. They, they They're put... struggling to pay their own wages as it is, <laughs> never mind bloody superstars' wages. It, it doesn't fit the mould, does it? I mean, that's, they're very much a working-class club. that players put $20 in a week to a food fund and the volunteers come in. You know. yep. Yep. Del Piero and Beckham waltzing into club <laughs> troppo. <laughs> the little VIP area in the corner. 
<laughs> Gosford Leagues. I Gosford Leagues could use a boost, so I think Beckham and Del Piero would be terrific for them yeah. on their advertising flyers. Yeah. But um, <laughs> can you imagine David Beckham coming home to posh space? Disco so, bingo with <laughs> Del Piero. Remember that Bentley Continental GT you wanted? Can we leave it until next week? Because Peter's not sure if we're going to get paid on Wednesday, as we should be. It's right. just, uh, uh, and as you, but the council rates are pretty good. I mean, you know, Laurie's in the council up there, so he'll give them a good rate. That's true. Council, yeah. So. yeah. And Shinji Ono, he's only on a oh, one-year deal. Oh um, no! Oh no! Oh no! But he uh, he's loving it here. Said that he's happy to look at uh, extending his stay should Western Sydney want him. And I would hope that he brings his family out because it's tough for him. He go he goes home every day after training to a, to an empty house, and you know, he, you know, he has no family here, so. Yeah, it's not not easy for him, but he's done great. Yeah, he's been the slow burner, hasn't he? Mm. You know, he was the one probably got the least fanfare of the three, mm. uh, Del Piero and Heskey, when uh, and him when they arrived. Uh, and to be fair, in the first eight weeks, he was pretty ordinary on the field, and then just the last couple of weeks, there was glimpses, yeah, yeah. glimpses, yeah. very of very small glimpses. Yeah. Yeah. But it was I obviously mean, not a way off being. There was there was signs of potential, mm. but really, you know, mm. while Del Piero was scoring fantastic free kicks, Heskey was shocking everyone in the world with his goal scoring ratio. Uh, Ono was, you know, this, yeah. And now he was turned around along completely. Without get, making much, yeah. much of an impact, but I know it's turned around completely. Uh, you know, Ono's, Ono's the star with the long-term potential compared to the other two. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think uh, just on talking about Del Piero, I'd hope. I said last week there was rumours about him going back to Italy for uh, the Christmas, uh, and I think possibly in hindsight now it might be a better idea if he does and just has a few weeks off, let that body recover and come back fresher through to see through see him through to the end of the season. Uh, I think two three weeks away, he's three games coming up in quick succession. I don't see him getting through one of those. It was interesting. I think Ange a couple of seasons ago let Broich go back to Germany for a week. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. And he came back and he played and he was yeah. better than ever. I think. Yeah. So there might I, be something in there. I think a better consideration there would be would do the club and the player uh, a lot of because service. Because also as well, you know, all the European leagues are used to a break yeah. in December, yeah. in early January. Yeah. They, they yeah. always have a mid-season break. Obviously, it's winter over mm. there, it's summer here, but there's still that. Yeah. mentality that they get a break over Christmas and then yeah. yeah I think it would do the world a good I mean the only danger would be that Del Piero just doesn't come back from Italy but <laughs> alright uh, overseas I mean, let's just tip our uh, cap to uh, Brett Holman and Chris Hurd and the triumphant Villa team what a weekend stunning win at Anfield uh, Villa were 10 to 1 Paying ten bucks to win at Anfield. Did you put any money on? Of course I did. Twenty dollars on that. I also had five bucks at a hundred and one dollars on three one. Oh, I saw that on Twitter for you. Yeah. So I was watching it on Sunday morning, early Sunday morning, five a.m. I got up to watch it, and uh, it got to like eighty-two minutes, and it was three 0 Villa. I was like, right, come on, Liverpool. What's <laughs> 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 it? Which the point where I thought we're not going to lose it from here? Sure enough. <laughs> Gerard Kane, I think I cheered that goal as much as I cheered the, uh, the others. But I talked about this, I, I said on Twitter today, you know, um, Benteke has rightly been getting the headlines, but if you actually look, both of Benteke's goals were, were set up for him by Brett Holman. Mm. You know, the first one was a nice ball inside. But it's not just the ball, it's the movement from Holman once he's played the ball that creates the space twice for Benteke. There's the third goal where he robs Joe Cole just inside Liverpool's half plays the ball into Benteke and then makes a 30-yard run, overlapping run that creates the space for Benteke to go mm. in. And, and he's now starting. You know, he's now forced his way into that side ahead of Stephen Ireland and mm. Fabian Delph and people like that. Mm. And he's now first choice, which is, uh, which is great. Yeah. And just speaking to him recently, we, we'll actually, we've got a feature in the magazine in the next issue coming out in January. Um, he said that the players are st- slowly starting to get used to playing with each other now. He said that it has taken a bit of time um, and you can you can just feel it that he's just starting to really gel there under 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 Lambert. I had a look in the Villa forums about six weeks ago, and the, the fans then even then were raving about him, uh, what they like. Oh, the Villa the Villa fans have gone through what Australian fans went through in the space of three years. They've gone through it in three months, which <laughs> is yeah okay. He, he runs around a Headless lot. Headless chick. Is, is, is he very good? Is he, and, 
but actually, look, yeah, he's actually all right, isn't he? And uh, I think also what's helped him is the fact that he was a free transfer. He's not on mega money and his attitude that he's shown that he's more than happy to be a squad player. But, but, you know, when he comes on, if that's as a sub or if he starts, he covers every blade of grass. And they, and they love him for it, you know. And uh, and also Chris Hurd, you know. I mean, Lambert could give him no greater praise than to change the structure and the, the formation of the team to accommodate him. Yeah. You know, they've gone to three this 3-5-2, which, which, is a, which is a very sort of popular system in Germany, which is where Lambert finished his career and also did his coaching badges. Um, and Hurd's... Fitness. He's now gone to Hurd, Baker, and um, Kieran Clark, uh, who are, they're all 22 and 23 mm. as a back three. But they've all played together from the academy up. You know, in that side, you've got the three mm. of them. You've got Lehigh, you've got Bannon, and you've got Vyman, uh, people like Albrighton on the bench, who have all played together since they were sort of 14. Um, mm. And they so wouldn't be on huge money as well, would they? No, no, they're not. I mean, it was the youngest side Villa have ever put out in the Premier League. Uh, if you, uh, Brett Holman was is 27, 28, 28, 28, and he was the only player in the starting lineup over 24. That's pretty exciting, yeah. isn't it, mate? Really exciting. Yeah. Loving being a Villa. That's great. Yeah. yeah um, and obviously the, the and great for, for the Soccerers as and well. Well, they're also now two games, a home and away game against Bradford from League Two, away from playing in the League Cup final in March, because uh, draw was made for that this morning. So they got. Two games against uh, Bradford, not taking that for granted. Obviously, they beat uh, Arsenal in the last round, but you'd have to tip them to be uh, favourites to go through and face either Chelsea or Swansea in the League Cup final be, in March. That'd be a great final, Villa and Swansea. Yeah, fancy that. Let's hold up. Herd uh, stays fit enough to get the call well, up and yeah. actually turn up for soccer's training in February then, maybe. Yeah, definitely. All right. That's it for part two. We'll be back in part three to preview this weekend's A-League action and also maybe just talk about our favourite moments from the world of football for 2012. You can now shop online at behindthewheel.com.au. Just go to behindthewheel.com.au and click on Our Shop, where you can find a wide range of auto accessories, from tools to audio, gadgets you didn't even realise you needed. You'll find them all at the Behind the Wheel shop. For unbiased car reviews, the latest car news, and now online shopping, go to behindthewheel.com.au. Check out our shop now at behindthewheel.com.au. The new issue of 442 is on sale now with our annual list of the top 100 players in the world. Get ready to debate this year's placings and see where your favourite players ranked. Arsene Wenger takes us into Arsenal's inner sanctum and reveals his secret plan to restore the Gunners to greatness, plus interviews with Vermeulen, Gibbs and Cartola. Socceroos Garcia and Stajovski outline just what it takes for an Aussie player to survive the Premier League and meet the EPL's best attacking midfielders. Love football? Read 442 on sale now at all good news agents and the app store. Back to 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to the final part of this week's 442 Insider podcast. We're going to preview this weekend's A League action. Ah, big game tomorrow night at uh, Paramount Stadium. Western Sydney Wanderers, inform Western Sydney Wanderers host, inform Adelaide mm. United. Uh, Wanderers, past five matches, they've won three, lost two. Adelaide have won four, lost one. Um, should be a big crowd, backing up from the derby. Um, team in form, you know, playing the team above them in the ladder. How do yeah. we see this one going? Yeah. I mean, for Sydney, Western Sydney rather, this, this, this game is the, the real test of how good they are. You know, you're coming off a massive derby win. Can you maintain that momentum against a really good side? And at home, where I think they've generally struggled at home this year, when teams, when they have to make the play. I think in the derby, they, they, you know, they, they enjoy that scenario. So it's going to be a huge task for them. I'm still not sure that they're, they're going to win this one. I think Adelaide are going to win this one, or perhaps even draw. But it's going to be a really difficult game for Wanderers. But... Hopefully a big crowd, a big Christmas crowd, and they deserve it. Kev? Yeah, I think, you know, there is a danger of always thinking it's, uh, of uh, false dawns, uh, yeah. to be honest. You know, we, we thought uh, Melbourne Hart were uh, going to be rampaging through the league after their early season derby win over victory. That was actually just a sign of how bad victory were at that particular time. 
Uh, and I think Wanderers beating Sydney isn't necessarily, you know, going to be the, the season-changing win. Uh, however, you know, they're still fourth in the league, but they've still only scored eight goals all season long. Well, they've only conceded eight. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, that's that's great. You know, that's why they're in mm. fourth place. I think also the Reds are really, really good counter-attacking team, and they'll they'll look at this game and they'll they'll look at that as a, a way. Well, it's, to play. Two, it's two of the. Two of the best three defences in the league. Um, these two have only conceded 18 goals between them in 22 games. Mm. Um, the Reds are obviously a lot more free scoring than, uh, than Western Sydney, but I mean, I can see this being a real tight game, one goal either way. And two, two probably the best goalkeepers in the league as well, yeah. Galekovic and Kovic. So yeah. it, this, this might be one by one goal here and there. I think that it could be a bit of a grind, uh, and yeah, I think one goal in it. Uh, but I think Adelaide will emerge. Adelaide? Yeah, I think Adelaide. so. Adelaide? Right, I'm going to go low scoring draw or a no scoring draw. It could be nil nil or one all. Yeah, I'd probably say one nil or two one. And it's time for a 10,000 plus crowd at Parramatta. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Brisbane Raw. Mike Mulvey in charge, his first game. He'll be looking for. A, the uh, immediate lift, the famous uh, uplift when a new coach <laughs> comes in. Hasn't quite worked for Sydney. Well, it did work for Sydney a little bit. Um, it didn't last long. But um, <laughs> Raw versus Glory. Glory back to winning ways. Uh, can they travel and continue that? Mm. Grand final rematch as well. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really hard to... I mean, not having been in Brisbane, watched the team and got a feeling for, the, for where they're going to... How they're going to sort of set up? Um, you just you just fancy that this could be Brisbane's game. Um, new coach, as you say. Perth, they're still they're still despite the win, they're still not impressing that much. History is against Perth in this one in yeah. uh, in the history of the A League. Twenty three times they've played each other. Brisbane Raw have won fourteen. Mm. There's been five draws and Glory have won four. Yeah. And I'm not sure whether it's Bruce you're going to play. play. What's the yeah, no, that's, uh, that's I was going to actually ask the same question. To, I think he's still in doubt. We'll get the squads later today, see if he's in there. Um, but I think he's looking doubtful, in which case... I think, you know, also again with Perth Glory, another possible false dawn from last week's win. Not Newcastle Jets, just not on the game. Uh, not at the game at all at the moment. So can't necessarily draw too much from that 3-0 win. Um, but I still think if it had been last week, Perth Glory would have won this match uh, with Mike Mulvey in charge, new coach. There will be a new coach effect to a certain extent. Um, I can see it possibly being a two-all draw. Mm. What will be really fascinating, though, is to see how Brisbane Raw play. You know, what what will Mulvey do? Will, given that he was at Melbourne Victory with the W League team, he's obviously been watching Ange as well. He knows Ange. You know, is he going to go back to the, the Ange style of football? Is that going to be how Brisbane are going to play? Always out from the back, never any other way? No, or will he, will he tweak it like Rado did? That, for me, will be the interesting thing. But I think Brisbane might just get up on this one. 1-0 one or 2-1. Okay. Yeah, tough one, this. Yeah. Um, I I Don't you think like, the, the way they're going to play will be no, no, really fascinating. interesting? Fascinating. But I think ultimately, I think this might come down to the fact that Raw will miss uh, Barisha and uh, Perth have always got that goal threat in Schmelz. So, mm. might tip a tight, glory win. Uh, Phoenix hosts the Mariners. Um, we talked about Phoenix. You know, we come away from the game against Adelaide uh, not too disheartened mm. from that, and we'll, we'll fancy a crack at the Mariners. Um, I think this weekend. I, I don't think you can tip against the Mariners at the moment. They're just, they're just every week. They're just, I don't know. I saw, I watched a bit of the documentary this week. I got a little bit of. A oh, they could. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah. They're just, they're just solid. I can't tip against them at the moment. Yeah, yeah. This is a great unit. Uh, play for each other. Play for the coach. Yeah. Uh, and goals coming from every direction. Bizarrely. Uh, yeah. Not necessarily a huge amount of them, very often, but enough to to get them uh, the wins. So yeah, I'd say two 0 for them. Mm. Okay. Two one. Previous two one for them. Previous form is with the Mariners. Ten Mariners wins, two draws to six Phoenix wins in the history of this. Um, and I think they they did it pretty easily when they went to Wellington last time this season. I think they played there this season. So yeah. I, it's, you know, until it's hard to see anyone beating the Mariners at the moment. Whether or not that changes come March and April is hard to say, but right now, 
never back against them. Mm. All right, I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to tip Phoenix. Get it. I just think they're going to take a lot of, uh, lot of heart, a bit of momentum from the way they finished the game against Adelaide. I think they're going to have a real crack. No Eiffel, though. He's out for four to six uh, with an injury. So he's had a terrible week. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that just that to me suggests that, yeah, you know, maybe not this time. Well, I'm still going to tip an upset. Okay. I'm going to say Phoenix 2-1. All right, big game on the Hunter um, Sunday, on oh, Saturday, 5.30. Um, Newcastle host Sydney. Both two teams in desperate need of three points here. Mm. Um, are we going to see one of them get it, or do we think that this could be one of those ugly games with two poor teams punching it out <laughs> like two drunks in the street at kicking out time. I think this will be the worst game in the history of the A-League. No, I, dis- wow. I, I have to That's... take the task there because <laughs> I went to a Sydney FC Newcastle Jets game, I think in season two, or might even have been season one, it was, or early season two, and it was nil-nil at SFS, and it is categorically <laughs> the worst game of professional uh, football I've ever seen. This one will be worse. No, it won't, because you, you'll have you'll have Emil Heskey and, that, and Del Piero on the park at some point, so it can't be worse than the game in season two. No, it was, if it's even as bad as that one that you were at, and Heskey and Del Piero are on the pitch at the same time, that it is that bad, it makes it worse. I think I can trump the Lottie I saw a, a Kings game in season one. Is it Kings? In New Zealand. Knights. Knights? Knights. Knights. <laughs> it's not bad. Uh that remains in my memory as the most excruciating 90 minutes of so-called football I've ever, ever seen. I think I can feel a Twitter hashtag coming on, actually. Worst A-League game ever. I'm yeah. too Sydney in this one, though. Tell oh, us. I'm too, Ado, I, I think okay, come on. Let's get some positivity. Yeah, no. Ado's tipping Sydney. And I'll tell you why. I think, I think they've had a tough week. I think they like to go to Newcastle, and I think they'll win this one. I'm tipping a rise in festive suicides by the end of the match, to be honest. <laughs> On a, yes, look, it is a poor pitch up there. I have no idea why, but I think Sydney can do it. And I think they'll have a big travelling contingent. It'll be a big game. They'll enjoy playing away from Sydney. They don't enjoy the pressure of Sydney. I think they'll get over the line. Mm. Yeah, nil nil. Nil nil. Two one. Two one. I'm tip a draw, but I think I think there'll be goals. Um, I think there'll be mistakes. I'm going to go two all. Um, and the big derby finishes off. Yes. Ado's heading down to Melbourne Come tomorrow on. to the Sydney derby one weekend, the Melbourne derby the next. Globe trotting. Yeah, I love it. Um, I love it. It's um, classified as Hearts home game, but it's at Amy Park. Very close to a sellout, if not. I've been told this morning it's close to a sellout yeah. by Melbourne Heart, so who knows? But. And the, the Melbourne fans on both sides will have watched the Sydney derby last week and gone, totally. all right, <laughs> yeah. bit of competition there. Yeah. Raising the stakes. Bit yeah. of competition there. So, yeah, uh, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter about how good the Sydney derby was, and it was great. Yeah. Um, I saw the victory fans were uh, going into the sheds to create some great TIFOs. TIFOs and, yeah. But, you know, good. I mean, imagine what the atmosphere of the 26,000 at Sydney last week would have been like in a stadium like Amy Park. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And look, I was there on December 21 or 22 last year for this derby. Uh, and it's not in my best, because obviously it was last year, but it was. it is just one of the great... Melbourne's just in party mode because it's Christmas. You sit in the stand and the lovely... It's a late, sort of a late afternoon, sort of early evening kickoff. And the whole scenario is just perfect. And I cannot wait to be there. Well, all, all bar the most unfortunate of people will probably be finishing work tomorrow. Not many people will be working Christmas Eve. Um, except me. Except, well, except all of us, really, in a <laughs> yeah. way. But, you know, most people in offices will be finishing up tomorrow. No, you know, like people getting out, party spirit. Okay, what about on the pitch? How do we see this going? Obviously, Melbourne Heart got the wood on victory mm, I um, think, from earlier yeah. in the season, but a lot of water under the bridge since then. Yeah. And was, you know, very much early days at Melbourne Victory. This is a big test for Hart, this game. Because mm. I think if you look at the the opening day of the season, 42,000 were there at Eddie Head. I was there that night. And victory did, didn't play out from the back well, and they were pressured high. And I think Hart will do exactly the same. But as you say, I think victory are much better side Do you now. think they will, though? I think they because will. do you not think that, like... I think John that's Adam the only Wesley way you can play them. Uh, ...will have looked at the way they're playing now and gone... 
they're a little bit better at it now than they were in, in round one. And if we don't get it absolutely right and we try and press them that high on the pitch, they can murder us. Yeah, I just think Hart suit that kind of game game plan and I think they'll they'll try and do it again and they'll try and raise the stakes. But victory are on that surface as well and it's a much better surface than the Etihad surface they played on and with a better keeper and with all the experience they've got under Ange. I'm tipping a victory, victory. I reckon Ange will be saying publicly that, you know, this is just another game and, uh, yeah. you know, we'll just take it as it comes. Nothing special, but he will be going all out to win this one uh, as a bit of uh, revenge for that early season drubbing they got. Uh, mm. And I just seeing on Twitter there that uh, Milligan's now looking in doubtful uh, for the match. He pulled out halfway through training today. But even with that... Ah, um, he's playing ducks and drakes yeah, with the media. Might be a little, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's giving them a rest after the Socceroos in, the, in Hong Kong, mate. I uh, I think uh, Victory are going to go on a rampage here. Uh, and yeah, I think it, there could be a bit of a football lesson handed out by Ange to young pretender John Aloisi after the, the last match. I can see 3-4-0. Oh, 3-1. That's Massive a big call. 3-1. 3-1. Okay. Um, I mean, uh, in the previous clashes, Hart have won three. There's been three draws. A victory have only won once against Melbourne Hart. So it's uh, they'll be back in the, the previous form. Yeah. Hey, though. Yeah, look. I share Kev's optimism that they're going to... I share his optimism. Not quite as a 3 or 4 nil, but um, I think Hart a very solid side. Um, I think victory will, will get up 3-2. In a lot of goals. Absolute cracker. It a lot always of goals. is a great yeah. game. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to back victory, but I think it, I think it will be tight. But, um, I think it will be goals. Two one, three two. Yeah, you might be on the money there, either. So I might go in the victory end this time and be a punter and just enjoy it like I did last mm-hmm. week. We have your camera. We'll be getting some Ado specials. Yeah, I've got yeah. a little bit of uh, Wanderers on my. Uh, it's a little video from last week, yeah. It's so, just video's video not going to work on podcast. <laughs> no. All right. Um, <laughs> So, gents, just before we finish up for the year, we'll be back week commencing 7th of January, yes. but we'll be on Twitter throughout, so you'll still be able to pick our brains or get annoyed with us or tell us we haven't got a clue what we're talking about. Um, but let's just look at 2012 as a whole. Best moments from the football world here or overseas, Ada? Yeah. Best moments for me personally, I think, was probably sitting down with Harry Kuehl and, and Schwarzer in Brisbane in the middle of the year and just having a really good chat with the boys. This turned out to be Harry's last interview in the country. So for me, that was a real highlight. Just the whole day was just special. You were there, Jacko. You know what it was like. And the derbies for me as well. The Sydney derbies and the Melbourne derbies have just, you know, they just take the game to another level. And the grand final, of course, another sellout at Suncorp. Those were my three. And maybe the evolution of the Socceroos were finally seeing the next generation finally coming through. Okay. Yeah, I, I think list is pretty close to everyone's. I would think uh, the the first Sydney derby going to Parramatta and seeing the, the fans arrive uh, that was mm. a very special atmosphere. The the tifos just before kickoff as well. Both sides trying to outdo themselves. RBB doing the first proper Sydney derby tifo and uh, yeah, that was spectacular. That was good. Uh, that brought it all to a new level. Grand final. Uh, much as I disagreed with the decision, it certainly was great spectacle. We're still talking about that decision. <laughs> We're still, still debating it. Still. Uh, but uh, I think the other thing that I really enjoyed seeing was Heskey scoring. Uh, and, you know, I know that it's a bullet to your heart every time, dagger to your heart every time when we talk about it. Oh, uh, we better the hatchet, mate. We, I'm, I'm, I'm down with a mill now. We're He's a lovely lad, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. We should, we should also mention Del Piero's arrival. Oh, and well, then, I, was, I was going to say that. I yeah. mean, I, like, one of mine was just that surreal moment where I'm sat on my couch at home and it's 10 o'clock at night and Fox Sports are beaming a press conference in Italian live on Australian TV. And I was just, yeah. Looking at it, shaking my head, going, I can't believe he's coming to play in the A League. Yeah. I was like, my, my missus, like, she's like, are you understanding this? I was like, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so Sandra Del Piero, he's coming to play for Sydney. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that would be up there for me. That would be my local one. Um, I think generally just Lionel Messi's year. Yeah. Just be like, yeah. you know, like, because we talk about great players and I was sort of, you know, when Maradona was at his peak, I was you know, a teenager. and But the, the saturation of football on TV was not the same then as it is now. And, you know, and I've never saw Pele 
play really I've seen snippets you know but it's like to be you know it's one of these times where I think like you'll only appreciate how good this guy is when he stops yes because he is just you know head and shoulders like the best player that I've ever seen on a consistent basis yeah and to just look back and watch that video of all eight your goals he scored or is 90 now isn't it but um, I think he's just phenomenal, and to just yeah. keep doing it is, yeah. is you know, he, he now makes what people think was a fluke look run of the mill. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's like, and the um, best is probably yet to come with him. Yeah, and the guy's yeah. still twenty five. It's, it's like, just you know. insane, you know. With the, achieved so much, so young already, yeah. and still so level headed. Mm. You know, he, he's he's not Ronaldo. You know, he's he's not that kind of arrogant player he's still very very humble in his own way yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's not in the media all the time no. aside no. from the odd Turkish Airlines advertisement yeah. he's uh, with Kobe Bryant yes and on a personal basis just what what's happening at Villa at the moment is very exciting you know just to see your club go man, a horrible two years you know with Julio and and then Alex McLeish was just the low point of being I'm surprised you've even mentioned that name. Oh. You said you would never <laughs> mention his name But now again. to just see, like, you know, I, I tweeted a photo yesterday of, like, there's three Villa players at this signing, and, and there's Ben Teke, and there's Ashley Westwood and Joe Bennett, and I thought that Ashley Westwood was one of the kids who was getting <laughs> He looks that young. He looks so young out of his kit. And just to see us, like, you know, a young group of lads, 23 years old, been given a chance and they're just playing some lovely football. It's like, it's great. Really, you know, I don't expect us to be challenging for the title. I don't expect us to be in the Champions League, but I expect us to go and try and win every game and play football in the right way. And really exciting time to be a Villa fan. Compared Excellent. to 12 months ago? Yeah. Oh, 12 months ago, it was just horrific. It's horrible. All right, boys. Thanks a lot for all your efforts this year. Thank you. Thank um, you. We will be back, as we said, week commencing January the seventh with the first four for two inside of the year. Simon, thanks for twiddling our knobs all year. Woohoo! Ado, do you want to give a plug for the Christmas issue of the mag? Yeah, yeah. Christmas number one. Yes, yeah. It's a great Christmas present. You know, it's only uh, you know under ten dollars. So better. Subscri- better. Christmas present would be a subscription yeah, and, there's a, and there is a digital subscription as Gift well that keeps on giving yeah. 12 months of football for 50 bucks Can't monthly reminders of how much you care for somebody yeah so uh, yeah it's out now and uh, yeah uh, get it brilliant well the games are coming thick and fast through the Christmas period so uh, summer of football take advantage of uh, being on holiday get out support your A-League team and we'll be back in the new year Happy Christmas from all of us at 442. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.